Welcome to Delta Dispatches. I am Samoma Laws with Restore the Mississippi River Delta. Welcome back. Um, We've taken a little bit of a break, an extended spring break, if you will, Um, but we thought this was a really great topic to come back on. I am flying solo today. I desperately miss my partner in crime, Jacques Hebert, um, and I hope that he comes back soon because I know all of our avid listeners miss him as well. Um, Today, we're going to cover a really important topic, um, something that needed to be brought back up to the top of your inbox, but also a really cool event, uh, annual event that uh, our friends and partners put on every year. Um, So with that, we'll just jump right in. Welcome to the show, James Karst. Hi, Simone. Thank you for having me. James, you're, you're like a print guy and a social media guy. So this is a different medium for you. Yeah, it, it is. I'm a repeat guest, though, so I, I can do all right with this. You know, I, I pride myself on my diversity of talents. So, yeah. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. So um, today um, we want to talk, well, I guess let's do this this way, James. Um, for folks that maybe don't know you well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at CRCL? Yeah, so uh, my name is James Karst. I am the Director of Communications and Marketing at the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana. Uh, I began working at CRCL uh, about three years ago uh, after a long career at the Times-Picayune newspaper. Uh, I also moonlight as an actor on occasion, and uh, I'm a professional competitive eater. I eat in the uh, Major League Eating Contest, Oyster Eating Contest, and uh, the Crawfish Eating Contest. You are an onion, my friend. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot to put on on different resumes. Um, we'll we'll unpack some of those maybe. But um, so, how's your twenty twenty two going? A little bit busy. Yeah, uh, it, it's been great actually. I love this time of year. I've got my um, I've got blossoms on my citrus trees that I grow, and uh, my kids are coming up on the end of their soccer seasons and starting their baseball seasons. And uh, work has been great. A lot of fun things going on there. And we're finally able to do some things in person again. So I'm having a great year so far and I look forward to big things ahead. Excellent. Excellent. So um, today uh, we're going to take today's topic and break it into two pieces. So first, we want to talk about an event the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana is hosting next week. So, um, James, why don't you tell us about the history of the Coastal Stewardship Awards and why CRCL carries on this tradition? Yeah, so the Coastal Stewardship Awards, it's our 26th annual event. Uh, We're hosting it next week in person at the LSU uh, Ag Center Botanic Gardens in Baton Rouge. And uh, like I said, it's something we've done for a very long time. Um, As you know, there are many uh, individuals and organizations that have been leaders in this movement to save Louisiana's coast and uh, coming at this from many different angles, you know, researchers, uh, political leaders, um, you know, volunteers, uh, many different people, even artists we have recognized uh, with these awards in the past. And so uh, we select a group of them every year or a, a selection committee does after our nominations come in. And uh, we usually honor a, a Lifetime Achievement Award winner and uh, have some special awards. And that's what we're doing this year. I think it's going to be a great event. So uh, pop quiz, some of the past winners. Any names? I, I, 
I think you're one of them, aren't you? Um, I am. I am. That was a trick question. Any others? <laughs> I ace that one, but but it's really a who's who of people in organizations that have been leaders in coastal restoration. Uh, I, I'm looking at a list now uh, that covers everybody back to the very beginning. It's got Bob Marshall on there, the journalist. Uh, it's got Lieutenant General Russell Honore, uh, who was uh, a heroic leader in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, we've got people like uh, Woody Gagliano, Senator Mary Landrieu, uh, volunteers, uh, many, many people. It's really a great list of people. Greg Grandy from CPRA. Um, yeah, really a fantastic list of people who have been honored over the years. Yeah, uh, y'all should have like an alumni club of us, right? You know, that, <laughs> that make us hang out and, and do things together. We can have a great party, I think. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so, James, tell us um, tell us about this year's event. Yeah, so um, like I mentioned, it is at the uh, LSU Ag Center Botanic Gardens. Um, our Lifetime Achievement Award winner is King Milling, who uh, really helped to put this issue of coastal land loss on the radar of uh, political leaders and business leaders in Louisiana and uh, helped us begin to address it. I think he was also a founding board member of uh, CPRA. Uh, we have award winners uh, pe recognizing people who um, were great help to people suffering in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida uh, and Hurricane Laura. Uh, we're honoring a youth volunteer of the year and an adult volunteer of the year, uh, and also a friend of CRCL, Rosina Philippe from Grand Bayou Indian Village, who has worked with us on a uh, an oyster reef build uh, and has been a great partner. Very good. Very good. So what are some of the deets? Where, when, how can you get tickets? How can folks participate in the event? Yeah, we encourage people to buy tickets. We hope that this year's event is going to be less uh, formal and more fun. Uh, we're, we're going to have uh, drinks there, beer from Tin Roof and Abita. Uh, it's going to be- That should be uh, like on a flask or a koozie, James. Less yeah. formal, more fun. Yeah, right? That's a great idea. Or a, a tattoo maybe. But um, we're going to have heavy <laughs> hors d'oeuvres. Um, it's going to be at a beautiful venue. Like I said, the LSU Botanic Gardens. It's next uh, Thursday, May 12th, uh, starting at 6 p.m. and ending at 9 p.m. Uh, there's going to be a silent auction. I think we've got a kayak uh, and some artwork. Uh, I think there's a wine class uh, that is among the auction items. So, yeah, it should mm -hmm. be good. Yeah. Nobody hates a wine class, James. Nobody hates that. That's right. Um, so um, that's fun. That makes it fun. This, everybody likes a good silent auction, but it is it is decidedly more casual. Previously, y'all had y'all used to do like sit down dinners and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. And the idea was that, I, I mean, that just, I think, felt a little less fun, less networking than what we would like. And so for this one, live music, we've got the Barataria Bad Boys, uh, which should be great. And uh, we're going to have, obviously, a few speeches and awards presentations, but hopefully it will be people mingling uh, and enjoying themselves and uh, meeting other people who are doing this great work. And we think it will be a lot of fun. Tickets are available on our website. Like I said, they're, uh, I believe, $50. Let me make sure I'm giving you the right price there. <laughs> or you better give them a coupon if not, James. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I do, while, while you're double checking on that, I do, you know, I do like, um, you know, lots of folks are just starting to get out and about and, and doing things like this. So I like the idea that it's um, a lot more casual. Y'all had given, y'all have, con- y'all did continue to give awards even during COVID and things like that. So y'all had 2020 honorees and, and all of that. Will some of them be here as well? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, first, I want to clarify, yes, tickets are $50. Um, but we did name award winners uh, last year, but we didn't give them in person. We, we did issue some of them, uh, delivered some of them because they were tied to specific events, the 15 year anniversary yeah. of Katrina, for instance. But um, some of those people have not yet been honored. So uh, they will be honored at this event as well. And they include uh, Natalie Snyder, uh, of EDF, Amy Wold of the Water Institute of the Gulf, uh, several others. So yeah, a lot of people that we're going to be honoring this year. Yes, very good. So let's um, just, before we go, James, um, you know, anything else you want to talk about some of the upcoming work at CRCL? Y'all have been doing a ton of oyster shell um, events. You want to talk about anything like that, that y'all have going on at CRCL as well? Yeah, we recently um, completed a reef build, uh, our Plaquemines Community Reef. We're going to be building uh, another oyster reef in the fall. Uh, We have a number of other uh, volunteer events going on. We'll be going back to Big Branch Marsh uh, later this month to plant grasses there. Uh, We encourage volunteers to join us. That's always a lot of fun. You get to ride on an airboat and get in the water and get your hands dirty, actually restoring our coast. Um, We have oyster shell bagging events coming up later this month where basically volunteers will be helping us to prepare the shell for our next reef deployment and really volunteer events throughout the year. So I encourage people to check our website uh, or follow our social media to stay abreast of that stuff. And y'all do have some fun social media sometimes. Um, I did recently refer uh, my next door neighbor to one of your events. Um, and he said it was very hard, but very rewarding work. So um, yeah, plug in for that. He did say um, some of the oyster shell stuff was for those young kids is what he said. <laughs> he's a he's an older uh, dad of grown kids. And so I thought that was pretty funny. But he, he really did enjoy the work and, and was looking at other opportunities that y'all offer as well. So very cool way for folks to stay involved um, and appreciate that. Um, our coastal stat is related to oyster shell recycling. Um, how many how many restaurants do y'all have now, James? Like 30, right? No, that's over time. We've engaged 31 restaurants. I think the current gotcha. list is a little bit shy of uh, 20. So maybe 17 or 18 restaurants. Nice. But we are always looking to add more restaurants. We would love to see all oyster shell returned to the water and put to good use. Uh, slowing erosion and creating habitat for new oysters. So, you know, if you uh, if you run a restaurant, you work at a restaurant, reach out to us and let's make it happen. And if you like to eat oysters, you can support our work by, you know, eating oysters, which uh, I think it's brilliant I think it's fun and obviously tasty. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, um, we'll have you and um, Troy on in the future talk about Chefs on Boats, too. And so we can chat about some of that work as well. Okay, final time, remind folks where they can get tickets, how much they are, when the event is. Yep. Stewardship Stewardship Awards event is Thursday, May 12th at the LSU Ag Center Botanic Gardens in Baton Rouge. It's very easy to get to. Tickets are available on our website, crcl.org, and they are $50 a piece. 
so many great award winners in 2022. King Milling served with him on Governor's Advisory Commission. Morgan Crutcher, who we missed dearly. Um, Chet Chasson used to be on the Restore Retreat Board. Amanda Moore, Charles Sutcliffe. Um, we have the amazing Hurricane Ida Award winners up next. Matt Rookard, who I know from his work both at GNO Inc. and his work in um, Terrebonne. Um, Jacqueline Richard, Rosina Phillip. So, so many great names. Um, check it out. Check out the website, learn a little bit more about the awards, and we hope to see you at the event. Um, James, you don't get out of here without a fun question. Um, we'll ask something different of our Stewardship Award winners up next, but you mentioned it, which triggered an idea. Um, favorite ballpark snack? You said you spend time with your boys out at the ballpark, so favorite thing to get at the concession stand, James? Oh my, that's a challenging question for me. It really is, but I, I would giant say giant pickle. <laughs> Every time I see kids eating the ginormous pickle, I'm like, no way that kid finishes it, and they do. Yeah, I, I've got to tell you, I've never done that one. I, I think I have to go with popcorn unless it's like 95 degrees, and then I'm going to go with the snowball. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the question for the next group. Favorite snowball flavor? You get a two parter. You start. Yeah. Nice. Good. So favorite snowball flavor, James? Oh, my favorite Spill flavor. It. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. usually like to get uh, nectar with condensed milk on it. Yeah. Me and you, bud. We're on the same page there. Absolutely. Good. Yes. Um, spoiler alert, Jacques likes spearmint. And um, I just wow. can't do that. Can't do yeah. that. So yeah, I love him, but can't do that. So, well, thank you, James. It's always a treat to have you on. Always great conversation with you. Very much appreciated and very very nice event next week planned. Thank you for that. And we're looking forward to participating. Thank you, Simone. We'll see you soon. Up next. Yes. Up next on Delta Dispatches, we're going to talk to some of the award winners, Reagan Duplantis Crepel, Jonathan Foray, and Jeannie Ardwin to talk about um, their Hurricane Ida recovery work through the Helio Foundation. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. Um, I usually make Jacques do all this work, and so I'm flying solo today. So uh, you'll have to excuse me for uh, any mistakes I make. Jacques makes me a better person. So, <laughs> um, But we had uh, James from CRCL on just now to talk about um, the Coastal Stewardship Awards. And now it's really my honor um, to have some of the award recipients on the show. And so um, welcome to Delta Dispatches crew. It's an honor to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks. Hi, Congratulations, Congratulations too. Um, Reagan, let's start with you. Um, so we're talking to Reagan Duplantis Krippel, um with the Helio Foundation. Um, you're the executive director, right, Reagan? Yes, ma'am. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I was born in Chauvin, Louisiana, which is way down the bayou, if you're not uh, familiar with the bayou. Which bayou, Reagan? Which bayou? Bayou Little Bayou. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and I am, uh, my, my education is in psychology. 
I got involved in nonprofits several years ago, sitting on boards, and then just kind of organically grew into um, wanting to be a little more involved in the nonprofit world and started with the Helio Foundation through Mom's Pantry probably four years ago. It was, a, it was originally a um, food pantry. We do on-site food pantries. And then when the hurricane hit, our, our mission is pretty, um, it's a large mission that just uh, helps those who are in need within our community. And so we pivoted to hurricane recovery. That makes sense. That makes sense. So Reagan, do you know how to make Pop Rouge ice cream? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Um, well, y'all, y'all will find this out at the end of the show, but we usually ask a fun question. And, um, and so that, that could have been one of them. I, I should have asked y'all that later, but, um, oh my God, one of my absolute favorite things to this day. And a friend of mine thinks she's got the recipe just right. So we'll have to see about that. But, um, that, that may, thank you for telling us more about your work and especially your background, obviously, um, the Bayou's close to your heart too. And, and obviously very close to Jonathan Foray's heart too. So welcome back, Jonathan. I'm almost positive you've been on Delta Dispatches several times before. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's to talk about scary things like the Rugaru and now Oh, yes. 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 Like hurricanes. Um, yes. So, so yeah, I'm the, the executive director of the South Louisiana Wetlands Discovery Center and also the board chair for the Helio Foundation. Um, grew up not too far from uh, Reagan and Jeannie. Uh, in Chauvin and, um, you know, grew up at, at Lanyap on the Bayou Fair. Ah, yes. I, I, to answer your question, I do know how to make popcorn. I medicine. know you do. I knew that. I did know that. <laughs> for the Rugaru Fest. So yeah, if, keep it by the gallons, right? <laughs> have to buy you an extra freezer. <laughs> so if anybody's got a craving for that, um, we hope to see you at the festival in October. So, yeah, it's just been... Look, it's been um, really challenging work, but being able to work with Reagan and Jeannie um, make it less challenging because they have done such wonderful work with um, being able to distribute funds to the people who need it most um, after Hurricane Ida. And, and that work is still going on and will most likely have to continue. You know, the recovery process is... Uh, it, it takes more than a minute, so um, so we're 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 all in it. But they've done such a wonderful job at being the boots on the ground for that program. Yes, and and always thank you for your work. You're always such a pleasure to have on. And selfishly, um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to talk to you guys because we have been thinking about how can we keep talking about the recovery, um, especially as we approach another storm season and, and we have all these other life things going on. So I'm selfishly very, very grateful to be able to talk to y'all today. Jeannie, welcome to the show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then please tell us a secret about Jonathan that we might not know. <laughs> hey, Simone. Uh, so I also grew up in Chauvin, um, Bayou Little Caillou. Um, in a family, my grandma, my grandmother was a huge advocate for coastal restoration. I did nine years of Senate work with Senator Chabert. I was his legislative awesome. aide who also cared a lot about coastal restoration. And um, But aside from that, yeah, being in the Helio Foundation with Reagan, again, we started with Mom's Pantry and then pivoted to Hurricane Recovery, which has been painful and beautiful all at the same time. Um, So, yeah. 
And I'm not sure about a secret of Jonathan's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe by the end of the show, I will come up with something. <laughs> I'll get y'all spilling the tea. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, Jonathan, a uh, side note, I did see Beignet um, for giving Sola Giving Day yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, Give Nola Day. Yeah, so Give Beignet me. helped us with our Beignet challenge. And look, he's it's, it, we, his, his name is Beignet because he's as sweet as a Beignet. And uh, he's <laughs> approaching seven years old. And so yeah. Um, yeah, mean, he's got good so I hope kids aren't listening, but I was like, is Jonathan switching out, Beignet? I had a friend whose mom did that with her goldfish, right? And she like was she was like in sixth grade before she realized it was like in fact a different goldfish. <laughs> but don't tell us that. That's not the secret that we want to know. We have had two nutria as a part of for the festival, we do the nutria mm-hmm. pardoning ceremony. And so our first nutria was Tinu. And unfortunately, <laughs> Tinu did pass away. And after Tinu, we got Beignet. So Beignet has still been going uh, strong. So he's going to, like I said, he'll be he'll be with us seven Beignet's years. living a good life, man. Yes, yeah. Not, not much to complain about. But um, so y'all were nominated together and we're missing um, Melissa Martin, um, who was um, part of the, nom- the group that y'all were nominated with. And we could certainly gush about her and her amazing work as um, chef at Mosquito Supper Club, author of acclaimed cookbook. Um, but she also jumped... Uh, in there to help her hometown. She grew up kind of with you guys, right? Um, do any of y'all want to share any thoughts about Missy while she's not here? Um, <laughs> good and bad. So I'd like to say that um, we're really grateful for Melissa's, um, what she did at the beginning, what she did throughout, but especially just giving us that jump start to fundraise because what we found is because we were here living in the hurricane. We had severe damages personally, in addition to outside of our homes. Um, We would not have been able to jumpstart and really get that fundraising going. It would have been impossible. We needed, and if you are out there and there is something that happens outside of your town, we need people from the outside to be able to do that those first steps of fundraising because the work becomes consuming. Like it really takes all of who you are and what you can do. So without Melissa starting that fundraising, we, we would not have been able to get to where we are now, for sure. We are very, very grateful. Yeah, and because you're, you're so isolated, literally, right? Mm-hmm. You know, literally mm-hmm. just isolated and, and cut off and, and you're in the throes of recovery. And so I think that's a really, really important important point to make is that um, you almost need something um, outside, but then it, it obviously has to have such strong roots to understand what is really beneficial to the community. Um, so I'm going to talk about a, a little bit of that in just a minute. But Jonathan, you work in this coastal space. Um, you know kind of what the stewardship awards. So was this a surprise for you guys to be nominated and then honored? Yeah, it, it, it was because I think that we just had our head down and doing the work, you know what I'm saying? And so it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, um, I mean, you don't do this work for the recognition. You do this work because it's in your heart and it's your community that's hurting and you want to do all that you can to, um, to ease some of that pain. And again, I, I have to give kudos to Reagan mostly. And then also Jeannie, because they were both in the community, you know, boots on the ground, doing this relief work. And 
Melissa and I more were on the side of trying to get the funds in. You know, our, our the, I remember the night before the storm, but we still had power, water, internet connections, everything. And I made a call to Reagan and I said, um, you know, do we want to set up a Facebook campaign to raise money? Because it looks like this is going to be bad. Do we want to get into, you know, this re- relief work? Because there's going to be some stuff to be done. And so, you know, we agreed. Yes, let's go with that. And then from that, an, uh, another friend who was good friends with uh, Mimosa, uh, handmade, uh, handcrafted, uh, said, let's do a fundraiser for, for this group as well. And so that brought in our first $50,000 that um, Reagan and Jeannie were able to get out into the community. And and then Melissa jumped in and said, hey, look, I think this is, you guys are doing some important work. Uh, let, let's, let's bump this up a notch. And through all of their efforts and through other donors, we were able to raise just under a million dollars. And Reagan, if I'm wrong on that number, correct me. But you know, we're 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 uh, we're just approaching a million dollars, if not surpassed it. Um, but it was, um, yeah. And that work is ongoing. There's still things that we get uh, emails and calls of of helping people. So yeah, we're in it. We're still in it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely still want to come back to that. Um, but Jeannie, I wanted to ask you, you've been around, you work for Senator Shabir, you know what hurricane recovery looks like and what that means. Like, what did you, did was this hurricane different? Obviously it was, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love your perspective on how it is different and, and how even all the preparation in the world yeah. maybe helped so much, didn't help. I know even Morganza in place, all those things. So yeah, Jeannie, I'd love your yeah. perspective on like um, how this was the same or, or how it was different. It was very different. It, we keep calling it, it was a whole different beast of a hurricane. Yeah. So uh, growing up down there, I think I've lost my whole life three times, you know, a whole contest yeah, of my home yeah. three times. Um, but my dad being the Cajun man that he was, they knew how to handle flooding. And, you know, you cut half your walls out and fix the sheetrock or whatever. And and they knew how to recover. And this storm being out there, um, the Morganza did excellent job. We had barely any flooding. I think there was just a little flooding around Lake Boudreaux that was bad, but everybody else was spared from the flooding. However, the wind yeah, yeah. was a different beast this time. People 90% of the people probably, and I may be exaggerating that number, so many people lost their roofs. And yeah. so when you lose your roof, it's a whole different ball game. And that had never really, it never truly happened this way. And so you see all of these men that were capable of repairing their homes before in previous hurricanes, not capable of repairing their their homes this time. And people just trying to save their things because we had another rain event shortly after. Yeah. Um, yeah right. And so there's so many people that, yeah, it's just, it was definitely a different kind of hurricane. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, except it was definitely a different beast of a hurricane and people were not prepared to recover the way we were prepared to recover right. in the past. In the past. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an excellent point. And one we wanted to make for folks that maybe you're listening outside of Louisiana, we, we can do 
very traditional hurricane preparations. But when something like this comes along and it is so different, and we're seeing that, frankly, more and more, that these storms are so different. They're not water events or they are wind events. It's water in places that haven't been there before. It makes it very challenging to prepare for that particular storm. So it's almost like you have to just keep preparing in the long term. Things like Morganza, you know, things like, um, you know, I love that Jonathan, y'all had the, the, forethought to like prepare in advance, you know, or even if it was the night before, right, you know, to know communication was essential there. But um, I do want to go back to to um, ongoing needs. So Reagan, I want to talk to you about that. Um, so, you know, all the attention comes and goes and hard work still needs to be done. Tell us about some of the ongoing needs. What are y'all doing? What more can be done? Tell us uh, in May, what what are some of the things that um, need to be known about your community's recovery? Well, unfortunately, the truth is that people have not recovered to the extent that many people um, believe they have. So what you had was a family who lost their the entirety of their home. I mean, the home looked like from the inside out, it exploded. And in addition to the loss of that home and everything they owned, they also lost everything that they used in order to feed their families. So we have fishermen who their boats were in the water. They, they lost every single crab trap they owned. Their troll nets were dissipated. I mean, we're talking huge losses. So here in May, what we're still doing is we have a program that is um, called Moving Community Forward, and we are giving um, families a financial allotments at local um, hardware stores in order to buy the supplies that they need in order to rebuild their homes. That's one of the programs we're doing. The other program is our Float the Boat program. We reopened our Float the Boat program. We had already put about $260,000 into that program alone, and we just opened it up again. So we were able to help an additional 40 um, plus fishermen and crabbers. So what we're doing is it's it sounds like, oh, well, it's economic um, recovery, which I think is crucial, but it's more than that. It's giving a family who lost their entire home their ability to feed their children again. So what we've been able to do is, let's say you're a crabber. Well, every crabber in South Lafouche and, well, in South Lafouche and South Terrebonne lost every crab trap they own. And if you're like me, you didn't know how expensive crab traps are. Yeah, yeah, they, right. Yeah, so we give each family a $5,000 allotment. And with that allotment, many of them have chosen, okay, well, we need traps. So that gives them 101 crab traps. 101 crab traps is just enough to start again. It's not enough to complete, but it's enough to get started. So what people can do is if there's any programs that are um, financing home rebuilding specifically Oh, that would be a great thing because people are really lost. I mean, we're talking some of these homes are what we call family homes, right? So family homes were given down from generation to generation, and these families lived in them. They lived in them. They supported themselves. And now all of that's been wiped out. If all of that is wiped out and you got $8,000 from FEMA, because that's a real story, how are you going to get to the next step? Where we are is um, just trying to figure that out, continuing with our float the boat and really pushing this moving community forward program with all the funds that we can find. 
So that's such an interesting thought and one that we've seen again in recovery is, um, you know, to help them, help themselves, right? But then, then Reagan, they're going to spend that money at the local grocery store and the, or the local hardware store, just like you said, right? So that money in lots of ways is still staying within the community. Are y'all seeing that kind of effect? Absolutely. It's one of our, so it's one of the things that when you're part of the program, there are very few restrictions. We do not like to tell people what they can and cannot do because it is your, this is your life and this is your need. But what we have asked is that the money stay within the community because every time we put another dollar at Billy's Marine, we help you in getting right. your business back. We also help Billy and his and the people that are working for him or at um, Chauvin Brothers. We're helping the local economy. That Everybody hurt. That was the difference here. You see, in the past, we've had hurricanes, and maybe it was one bayou that hurt. So the next bayou could come in and we could help each other. Yeah, right. That right. was not the case here. Everybody, those who had never been affected really by a hurricane, they were this time. So that's yeah. what we're trying to do is really focus on the whole community and trying to build them in any way we can. Yes. Well said. Well said. So let's talk about how folks can get involved, right? I, I think we've talked about the the few things that some ongoing needs. Um, so maybe Jonathan, why don't you tell us a little bit um, how you think folks can get involved? Is it is it time? Is it money? Is it all the above? <laughs> From your point of view, tell us. Um, and then and then we'll do a round robin on that one. Yeah, it, I think it's it's all the above. And when we when we look at Look, and I can use myself as as a, an example. Um, earlier this week, Governor John Bell Edwards did um, a press conference that was on NPR that, uh, you know, talked about being prepared for this hurricane season. And then later I saw the names of the hurricanes for this hurricane season. And it created a level of anxiety within me that I hadn't experienced before when I saw those mm-hmm. names and then thought, which one, which name, you know, yeah, I'm, here we go again. Them and yeah. I'm like, is it Alex? Is it going to be this other name? Like, is that the one that is going to be uh, burned in my memory? Like the name Ida, you know? Yeah. And so, so there's a level of PTSD that we have as a community that are, that, that those mental health needs are going to have to be addressed in some yeah, very good I, don't, I don't have that answer I don't have the answer but in order to really be healthy and be happy in in living in coastal Louisiana we're going to have to figure out a way that we can cope with that because you know the, the covid had such a impact on us yeah. and continues to have an impact and then the hurricane comes through and it's just we we, we've gotten beaten down and we need to figure out strategies of ways that we can support each other, that we can make healthy choices in moving forward and not, you know, um, make poor choices that would damage our bodies and our, our relationships with our families and, and those types of things. Cause it's hard. It's just really, really hard down here. And so um, I'm not sure what that looks like, but I know that, that concern is being voiced. And I just hope that there are folks with those solutions that can come in and say, um, here's, here's what we can do to help with, with that. 
fingers crossed, we don't have another storm this bad for a couple of years because um, that's going to, I mean, our community has been reshaped by this storm, but mm-hmm. if something like this continues to happen, um, it's really going to look a lot different. Yeah, Jonathan, I don't, I don't even know if this is like a thing, but like the holistic recovery, right? And I think you make an excellent point about, you know, mental health and all these other things that are, you know, part of living in this recovery um, long term, right? Other folks have seemingly moved on, um, not in the news, right? You know, those kinds of things, but that um, it's it's not just the superficial needs of the community. So I think that's an excellent point. Well made. Jeannie, what, what would you say if folks asked you, how how can I help Jeannie? What, what more can I do? Yeah, I think the main my main thought on this is that everybody seems to think that this these towns have recovered and they have not. Um, so many people are still not living in their homes and there's still so much work that needs to be done. And I'm sure finances that need to be raised to help these people. I think that's my biggest thought process on this is, yeah, we're about to come into another hurricane season. God knows what'll happen there, but people haven't even recovered from this one. The majority of the people haven't recovered from this one. And it's hard to get the attention that is needed or the coverage that is needed um, to let the rest of the world know like, hey, these people have not recovered yet. They're still dealing with FEMA issues. They're still dealing with home issues. They still aren't living in their homes. Um, Yeah, I think the attention to the situation is probably most important still. It's just as important as it was back in September. You know what I think about? I think about, you know, it's kind of getting to be the end of school year. And I think about how many Terrebonne kids don't go to school in their own school that they started out in, right? I mean, I don't even think people fully realize, you know, what kids are doing and like, are y'all still platooning and stuff, right? I mean, y'all had schools that were just destroyed, right? Yes. Um, Reagan, you want to take that? Your kid yeah, I guess I should have. I'm sorry. I should have directed that. Yeah, Reagan, <laughs> just so just so people understand the magnitude of the recovery still. Yes, we still have children who are, we have high schools that are sharing schools. Some of the kids go in the morning. Some of the kids go in the evening. Um, we do have a plan in place. They are setting modular buildings at mm-hmm. the high schools that were destroyed, which is great. Mm-hmm. So they should be back in school oh, in that's May. Good. But not in May when they start school again. So Right, right. Yeah. Um, but there's a plan, right? Some some days that's all <laughs> some days that's what you gotta hold on to is that there's a plan. Absolutely. But on the on the question of what do people need to focus on now, I think that's it exactly. We have to start looking at mental health in our education system. Our children are truly damaged. They were damaged the two years before because of COVID. Some of these kids have not had a normal experience in school for a long time. This has caused trauma that we can't even, well, we, because we are not educators, can't even, educators can't even begin to imagine. We have friends in the school system and the difficulties they are having, the trouble kids are having, the increased, I mean, we see it every single day with our young people, the increased number of suicides that are happening now. Unfortunately, PTSD in our children, specifically right here in South Louisiana, is very, very high, and the teachers are seeing it every single day. If someone wants to get involved, if you are a counselor, if you own an agency, go to your local schools and offer services, specific services services for PTSD and how to get these kids back and healthy again. 
Yes. Yes. Well, I want to, um, that excellent point. Excellent point. I want to, um, I want to wrap this up, leave you guys with a, a couple of opportunities to um, still speak, but I really, you know, want to applaud you for your work. I know Jonathan said this earlier. That's not why you did it. Um, you did it because you love the place you grew up in and your community needed it. So I want to thank Reagan Duplantis Crepel, Jonathan Foray, Jeannie Ardwin, and um, the missing Melissa Martin, um, who were nominated um, for this Coastal Stewardship Award for their work to directly deliver aid to hundreds or thousands of people affected by Hurricane Ida through the Helio Foundation and their fundraising effort there. So um, um, let's, Reagan, let's go back to you one more time. Um, how folks can get involved? Uh, you have a website, social media, what's your TikTok? <laughs> I am not on TikTok. <laughs> I heard somebody call it Yik Yak the other day, and that cracked me up. So, what's your Yik Yak, Reagan? <laughs> yeah, if, it were, if I were on, it would be Yik Yak. Get off the hook. <laughs> no, so we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, you can find us there. I don't do the best job of social media, but I try. And you can, if you ever have any questions, I'm always free. Give me a call. Um, I can direct you to lots of organizations who are doing beautiful work right here in the community, specifically United Home and Nation, which is just killing it, um, along with so many others. So give me a Excellent. call. Excellent shout out to them. Um, birthday boy, Jonathan Foray, um, since Reagan covered Helio, um, give us a plug for South Louisiana, South Louisiana Wetlands Discovery Center. What are y'all up to? Absolutely. You know, we yeah, we, we've partnered with the uh, Bayou Culture Collaborative to also help yes. produce these Bayou Culture gatherings. And it's a, um, a program led by the Louisiana Folklore Society. And I think there's some really important work being done there. And they, they meet on Zoom once a month. Um, I encourage anybody listening to check them out, register with them to participate in, in one of those gatherings. And um, there's a discussion of how um, we, we can lean on our culture um, to become a more resilient community. And it, it takes a look at, um, you know, why is culture important in terms of the land loss conversation that we're having? And, and how can we use that as a, as a strategy to you know, I'm, we use the word resiliency too much, and I, I think the word may be more tenacious. You know, you have to be a little tenacious to know that you live in an area that can can be impacted with hurricanes over and over, but you love it so much and you love your culture so much that it's worth taking the risk um, and staying here. So it, it, it kind of uh, addresses and discusses those issues. So that's a, I think that's a wonderful place where people can go to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, Jeannie, do you have a another group you want to give a shout out to? No, I think they covered everything in that. They did a great job with that covering that. Yeah. Okay, tell us for real, Jeannie. Do you miss Norby, or do you still talk to him all the time? <laughs> Does he still call you out of habit, Jeannie? Yeah. I need to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. We do. We talk often. Um, we grew up together, so we were very good friends. Um, working for him was challenging, and I'm glad to be friends again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's a fun way to say it. Um, we actually, of all, of, we've been doing this sh uh, podcast for, se for several years now. And for some reason, we I don't think we've ever had, we never had Norby on when he was a senator. And really? he's obviously still doing some great work. So um, we'll have to see if we can get him get him on Absolutely. one day too. But um, I cannot thank you guys enough 
Um, it, it seems so simple and so plain. Um, first of all, congratulations on the award. Um, you know, I, I think it's just a way to recognize all of your selfless work um, and to help the Bayou region, a, a place um, where I grew up and obviously hold very dear to my heart. But um, I'm so I'm just so fortunate. I think I am so glad that we had this opportunity to bring this back up to, um, as they would say, uh, bring it back up to the top of your inbox, right? I, you forgot about this and you need to do this. But I, I think it's so important to talk to you guys about, about the continued recovery and needs of the area. And so I hope this was able to reach a few more folks. And I think um, hopefully the, the stewardship award also helps um, bring it up bring it up in priorities to folks so that they know um, as we start another hurricane season that um, we still have communities that are still recovering, um, resilient communities that are still recovering. So um, just one last reminder for folks that they can still purchase um, tickets to the stewardship stewardship event, which is Thursday, May 12th on crcl.org. They also have a list of ways that you can volunteer through CRCL and and some other partnering organizations. So um, there is a Delta dispatches tradition where we ask folks a fun question. Um, we get to know them a little bit better this way. Um, we've, we through, I think we've had several hundred episodes so far, so we've asked some pretty crazy, crazy questions. But this time of year and, and the heat of this season always brings me back to the same one. So I'm going to ask you guys something pretty simple, but um, very telling in your answer. Um, so Reagan, we'll start with you. Um, favorite snowball flavor? <laughs> I like the cherry, but I don't. Mm. I don't eat them too much. I, oh. you know, I know, I got a little bit of the diabetes. <laughs> oh, y'all still got? Is it Brooks? Y'all still have Brooks? What y'all got we going do, on over there? We do. Yeah, we have Brooks and we have Franz. <laughs> don't forget about Franz. Yes, there you go, Jonathan. Do you have a favorite? So my favorite is spearmint. You and Jacques, you uh, said that on purpose. <laughs> but it's got to be the green one because sometimes they make them clear so you don't get stained, but it just doesn't feel the same if you don't have green teeth and a green tongue by the time you end with it. So the spearmint with condensed milk, uh, you got to have condensed milk. And my favorite was always at Miss Mamey's down in Chauvin. She <laughs> passed away. The building was destroyed by Ida, um, oh. but it all still has great memories for, for many a Chauvin kid and adult and even a few tourists. Uh, that place was such a, uh, a, a have wonderful memories for all of us. So um, Jacques, my co- uh, co-host who couldn't be here today, we almost got a divorce over the spearmint snowball, um, but uh, he's been working on me for years to, to tell me he assures me it is a delicious snowball. But um, I do think this is funny. The other day, my, my little girl who's nine says, what's a snow cone? Like she, <laughs> she didn't understand like what the difference was there. So um, Jeannie, how about you? Do you have a favorite flavor and a favorite oh. spot? It's always, well, I haven't, I don't know if I've had a snowball since my maze closed down, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) Y'all are just loyalists. Yeah, yeah. It was always a toss up between cherry and coconut. Both have to have the condensed milk, but it was always a struggle for me to choose between cherry and coconut. 
that's I love it. Favorites. I love it. It says a lot about people. I think it's so funny because like people, like they all almost automatically have an answer. Every now and then you'll get a, no, I like the soft serve, you know, if a snowball stand has soft serve there too. So um, thank you guys so much for your time this morning. I'll actually see you at the awards banquet, hopefully in, in real life, IRL as the kids say about that too. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing you. work. Um, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to close out with a coastal stat of the week. Um, CRCL's Oyster Shell Recycling Program collects shell from New Orleans restaurants to restore oyster reefs and shoreline habitat in coastal Louisiana. Launched in June 2014, this is the first program of its kind in Louisiana and has become one of the largest shell recycling programs in the nation. As of earlier this year, CRCL has collected more than 10 million pounds of shell from 31 local restaurants. Y'all, y'all eat a lot of oysters. That's unbelievable. So 10 million pounds of shell from 31 local restaurants. Um, And I'll close out with a Coastal Voice of the Week. Stephanie in Homa, Louisiana says, I live in Louisiana and want my children and their children to have a coast to enjoy for many years. Well said, Stephanie. And just a reminder, you can add your Coastal Voice at MississippiRiverDelta.org slash restore dash the dash coast. So thank you for a really great episode today. I'm missing my co-host dearly and I hope he will be back with me soon. But until then, see you later, alligator. Alligator.